pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. Grinders, me amo Miguel. Uh, welcome to another edition of Roto Grinders MMA Live. I'm your host H3 Buddha. I couldn't keep rolling with the Mexico theme here, and I'm here today with my good friend Brett Apley. How's it going? Que pasa, amigo? Bueno, it's going well. Uh, I wish you could have continued the show in, in Spanish. I, I'm I took quite a few years in high school, but I forgot pretty much everything I learned in school. So uh, I don't think I'd be able to keep up for long. Um, doing well. It's um, it's the end of a long stretch of MMA. I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to the break. Uh, we got what, there's three, four weeks off. I mean, we get McGregor Mayweather in there. I don't think DraftKings is doing anything for that, but the next card after this is September 2nd, I believe. So um emptying your bank bankroll right on such a uh such a high variance card like this one yeah uh absolutely not um <laughs> i i'd be more interested in mayweather mcgregor uh but no this card is really interesting i mean when the salaries came out um man is there some values and there's a lot of possibilities on this card and we like that right brett we do yes um so yeah definitely it's going to be interesting i'm looking forward to this card actually uh, i think that anybody that puts in their homework on this card should be able to see some results and um hopefully they can head on over to a uh, premium what do we have going on there this week yeah uh same as usual i'll have all the breakdowns up tonight and as well as the rankings and then i will work on the projections and the lineup builder stuff and i'll, I'll have that active by uh, tomorrow morning. So everything will be up tonight. Um, yeah, last chance to play MMA for a while. And I guess I'm sure we'll touch on this as we go, but one of the, there's a couple things that make this card high variance. One is almost every fighter has fought two or less times in the UFC, uh, a bunch of no names, a bunch of lower level fighters, just in general, there's not as much data on it. That doesn't necessarily mean there's no edge because if you spend your time researching, you will know, you will understand these fights more than the average player. Um, the other part I'm concerned about though, is that it's in Mexico city. Mexico city is uh, extreme elevation. Every time they go to Mexico, we see it. Um, it just gasses fighters out quickly, badly. And it's hard to tell sometimes who it's going to be. It's where we saw uh, Cain Velasquez go to die. Um, so if you do your research, you can kind of figure out who has gone to Mexico early. Usually you want to get there a couple weeks in advance. The, the closer you get there, 
to the card, the, the worse it can be. And also just if you know a fighter has great cardio or poor cardio generally, it's just something to take note because it really – uh, it really does play a role. Didn't uh, Damian Brown tweet at you? He said yeah. uh, he was like, man, because he, he's in Australia. He's like, I went over to Colorado and did a, did a, I think like a swimming workout or something. He's like, and I almost yeah. died. And uh, Mexico is, is higher elevated than Colorado. So it's just, it's guys will gas quickly. And so it just brings an extra level of variance to play. Yeah, we'll definitely both try to hit on it. Um, I know I have a list of, I've, it's not exact science. You don't really know when they have arrived, but we'll try to hit on what we know and what we don't know um, as we go through it. Um, last week, did you have any success? Yes. What was uh, John Jones Cormier? Yeah. Yes, I had some success. I pretty much won all my cash games. I cashed the $300 tournament. Um, then I was about even the rest of the rest of it. I just, I didn't have much John Jones. I, I had everything pretty close to perfect, except for, I just didn't have much John Jones. I was extremely heavy on Lamas. Uh, I had, you know, a good amount of Ozdemir, but man, I had, I had touches of Feely, Dober. I just thought, I just thought someone, uh, you know, Manoa, Woodley, Lawler, Dober feel uh, two of those guys would score like a hundred points. And, and, and my guess was that Jones would score, you know, 90 to a hundred ish. And that's still what ended up happening. Just cyborg even scored less than him. No, no high price fighter did well. And so it just bumped him on the, all the winning lineups and, and that killed my biggest upside, but I know you had quite a bit of success. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. I am not, a multi-enter guy by any means um but i did attack it because of the new uh was it 25k up top for the eight dollar so it, it looks was. like they're gonna start uh rolling those out but uh yeah I, I ended up throwing a bunch of lineups in there and um my core i was way overweight on ozdemir and i was way overweight on um someone else and oh uh the guy from boston uh Qatar. Qatar, Qu- yeah yeah i was obviously overweight on him just <laughs> biased but um, what was interesting was uh, I, I hedged every lineup I had at 8,100. And I think um, this gives us good segue into this card because there's four guys that are 8.1K on this card. And last week it was pretty straightforward. Every lineup I made 8.1K, I made both sides of it. It was it paid off because I ended up tying with, I think it was 13 other people for the uh, win in that $8 big GPP. But, um, man, it was – it's it's not going to happen this week, Brad. Is you you'd be putting out a lot of money if you start doing that. Yeah, and and congrats congrats on that. There was I think like three or four subscribers who tied yeah. for that as well, and one of them won tickets to Mayweather McGregor. So that was awesome to see. I, I I'm going to be honest. I don't think hedging Knight and Lamas was the right play last week. I don't think. And you're the one who won the money, but I just, even in hindsight, I don't think that was the best play. I, I, I really thought Lamas, you know, based on the ownership and the, and, and the upside, uh, I don't think the best play was to make fit, you know, 50 lineups here, 50 lineups there. And I, in general, I don't think that's the best play. I think it, it's almost like you're saying, I have no idea, you know, whatever, it, who knows. And like, you know, we do so much research. We should have, some idea who's the better play and so 
yeah, there's four guys priced to 8.1K. Um, one of the fights I think is better to target than the others, um, than the other. And one of those two fighters I think is better to target. And so it's like, I may have, you know, it'll be a trickle down effect. I certainly won't go 25, 25, 25, 25. I might fade one or two guys completely. Um, I just think you're wasting too much money in the long run if you hedge that strongly. But of course you should, you know, you should have some hedge in a fight that's close projected to be high scoring. I just don't think you need to go like 50, 50. Yeah. It, it really comes down to if you can afford to do it, it's, I'm not saying do it I'm by any means. And I'm not, I'm, I focus on cash. So let's, um, let's put that behind us last week and let's move on to this tricky card, huh, Brad? It's going to be pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get, let's get right <laughs> into it. Yeah, let's uh, move on to the first fight on the uh, fight pass preliminaries where we see Jordan Rinaldi versus Alvo, Alvaro Herrera. Uh, Rinaldi is a 9,000 on DraftKings, minus 230 favorite versus Herrera's uh, uh, 7.2K, uh, plus 190 underdog. Um I don't know. I mean, this one's interesting. I mean, you got a 9K guy, a uh, high price point. It's going to come down to what do we think? He can pay off his salary or what do you uh, – which way are we going on this one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of my favorite plays are actually on the prelims, which I think is another added edge. This is one of my favorite fights to target. I, I think Herrera, he's, he's not good, first of all. Uh, I'm just being honest. He has some knockout power, and I think – that's about it. Like one predictive measure you can look at is just <clears throat> watch a fighter move. You know, do they look like they move like a normal person or is it like, you know, like, you know, stiff, awkward Herrera just, he doesn't move well. He doesn't have much of a game besides punching power. He is coming down from 170 to 155, which should be interesting. Might hurt his cardio, but might make him the bigger fighter also. I really think his only real chance to win this fight is by hurting Rinaldi early, which is possible. It's it's enough within the realm of possibility that I might uh, that I'll probably have a share of Herrera. But Rinaldi is one of my favorite plays on the card. Uh, he came in on short notice, fought Abel Trujillo, who has more punching power than Herrera, survived it, looked decent, you know, took Trujillo down a few times. He's a wrestler and he has decent cardio. And I think if Rinaldi wins this fight, it's going to be grappling heavy. He's going to land a few takedowns. I think he pro I think he has a good chance to get a submission too. So, uh, and he's also priced highly, um, high enough that his ownership won't be in the 40%, 40% range. It'll be lower. It won't be 20%, but, um, I think Rinaldi has a great chance to pay off his price uh, in comparison to other fighters, he's not a lock, but, uh, I, I do think there is an edge to, to taking him. Yeah, for sure. Pretty much everything you said. Um, I think Rinaldi is probably better almost everywhere, but most certainly going to be taking him down and definitely probably on the ground. Um, poor, relatively poor takedown defense for Herrera. Um, would you be surprised if there's a finish in this fight? Um, I don't have the props up in front of me, but I um, think more than likely there will be a finish. I yeah. don't know if the odds indicate that uh, minus what it's 50, 50 according to Vegas at the fight goes to distance. 
I think Rinaldi submits him late or Herrera knocks him out early. I think those are the two most likely outcomes. The third being Rinaldi wins by decision. So uh, I, I definitely think there's upside here. Yep. And both guys basically have been there for a week or so. Um, gas wise, I think uh, Rinaldi and Herrera will both be fine. Um, but I do think uh, Rinaldi is worthy on any um, format, right? Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some, there's merit to not playing this fight in cash games, but I think, I think it's fine. I think Rinaldi is fine. Yep. Um, I guess we'll move on to the next one where we see uh, one of our 8.1k specials, where we see Joseph Morales versus Roberto Sanchez. Um, Sanchez is a slight favorite, minus 125. Um, he did open up as a minus 140 versus Morales is plus 105. I've seen a hype train behind Morales here. Um, alpha male guy starting to get bet down. Um, wouldn't be surprised if things get a little bit tighter by the end here. Um, minus, uh, 125 pound bout. So there should be some action. Um, I, I think, you know, you and I have talked off, uh, you know, on Twitter about this already. So I know which way you're leaning. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, which, which way are you leaning on this? Pick them basically for DraftKings. Yeah, I'm going to lean Morales. I, I, I bet Morales at plus 140, mostly because I thought the line was off, not because I think this is a lock. Both guys are uh, making their debut. Um, both have holes in their game. Morales is Uriah Faber's prodigy. Uh, I've been training with him since he's 10 years old. Now he's, I think, 23. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a skilled guy. If he keeps fighting, if he keeps progressing the way he has over the last decade, you know, he's going to be a good fighter. Sanchez, um, undefeated coming out of legacy or LFA, whatever it's called now, uh, most of his wins are by submission as are Morales's. And I think it's interesting because both guys are very similar in that sense. Both guys are grappling dominant. Um, I've heard mixed reviews on who has the better striking. I personally think Morales has a bit better striking. Sanchez is kind of like a means to an end. Like he strikes to get to the clinch, to get the takedown. Morales can strike. He can hang in there. Um, neither guy's that great though. Both guys look to get the fight to the ground. Both guys have, I'd say, average takedown defense at best. So we could, it could be a fight where each guy gets three, four takedowns and some uh, reversals, passes, whatever. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but I think Sanchez is more likely to win fights off his back. I think that's where he's more comfortable. I don't see him winning many fights in the UFC without like winning by submission off his back. His offensive wrestling isn't great. Um, Morales's is maybe a bit better, but Morales also has a strong game off his back, but I think he's a little better in top position. Um, I, I think if Morales avoids the sub, he's the, he should win the fight. And I just think there's going to be so many ground exchanges that my hope, it could be a close fight, right? But, but my hope is that one fighter kind of dominates so that the majority of the ground exchanges go to one of these guys. And I just, I think if that happens, they're going to score really highly. 
Morales did open as the underdog, which I didn't quite understand, but he's it, it, it's been bet up to around a pick em. DraftKings opened the, the, the pricing as a pick em. I don't know if Morales is going to be that much higher on than Sanchez. I think it'll be fairly close. And I do like Sanchez as well. I will have some exposure to him, but my preferred play is Morales just because I think he's going to win. Um, but I, I think this is definitely one of the fights to target. Yeah, for sure. This is the, I think we were talking about it earlier was there's one fight to target a little bit more than the other. Um, was this the one you were leaning to? Because I think there's more ground exchanges and opportunities for points, especially on I, the ground. They're both I would be, trying to advance position. They're not going to be sitting there, I think, right? I would be, sh- both guys want to get the fight on the ground. That's really yep. what it comes down to. And, and I think both are, uh, both have, you know, big enough holes where someone will get the fight to the ground and then it's just going to be exchange after exchange. So I definitely like this fight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Morales approximately 14 days ago, got there. Sanchez about three days, just throwing it out there. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I, I, lean Morales right now I think he can throw things up from his back if he is on his back and and or advance or reverse so that leans that definitely has me taking him a little bit more and I agree with you I believe he is better on the feet Um, because Sanchez basically just throws a jab out there to try to run against the cage and take you down right so it, it seems like there's more paths uh you know he's he's a little bit better and certain areas right morales I, I i just think he's a little bit better everywhere yeah. and that's pretty much what it comes down to and yeah. i like the fact that he's training at team alpha male yep it's always nice to pick a guy where you know they have a solid camp behind them i think sanchez still works a full-time job i don't know i don't i don't think morales does i don't i don't know just no throwing point. it out there it's it's yeah it's it's definitely a targetable fight um let's move on to the fs1 prelims where it's not where you and big marley said the fxx and had no clue that that channel even existed yeah i, <laughs> I was i was and it took me like 20 minutes to find i was pissed <laughs> oh man yeah i don't know why they're trying to change things up uh where we see the first fight on the fs1 prelims is uh diego Rivera's versus jose Quinones. Uh, Quinones um, comes in at a minus two forty-five favorite, eight point two k on DraftKings versus Rivas is eight k and a plus two oh five. Um, you and I are looking our chops. Uh, we love a certain guy in this matchup, and he opened up. Well, the fight opened up pretty close, right, Brett? And um, a certain Quinones just got bet down super hard, super fast. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you you thought Kinonis would open as the dog, and I thought he would open around minus two hundred as a favorite. And he and and MMA Ozbreaker released the line at plus one hundred. I was like, oh my god! I immediately went to bet it, <laughs> and within one minute, he was at minus two forty five. Uh, so now he's up to minus two fifty five. Yeah. Um, again, this is not a lock fight because Kinonis has only fought a few times in the UFC. He's not an elite athlete or or fighter by any means i just think he has a good you know he has a clear path to victory he's much more active than rivas he likes to grapple rivas really hasn't done much in his ufc career he's fought twice uh his 
debut was what was is what's really concerning to me against Rodolfo Rubio. He got taken down, passed a ton of times, didn't look good, squeaked out a decision there against Nawad Lahat. He was dominated for the first like five minutes of that fight, and then landed a flying knee and knocked Lahat out cold. Kudos to him, but and also Lahat is a good grappler. Um, I think Quinones has more path to victory. I think he has a strong tr- chance to grapple his way to victory. And DraftKings priced him essentially as a pick'em, and this fight is not a pick'em. So just based on the lines, he has the most value on the entire card, uh, which puts him in play in all formats immediately. I think he'll be popular, but he's too strong of a play overall for me to avoid. So I, I definitely like Quinones. Yeah, for sure. I don't even uh, – this – Cunones has so many more paths to victory. I mean, he averages four takedowns uh, per fight in three bouts. Um, Rivas is just really, really bad on the ground. And I, I know that he's got power, and I'm willing to take the chance that he just doesn't land anything. Cunones is able to take him to the ground and control him. And I think that uh, in a decision, um, Cunones scored like 110 points. Yeah, like it was 118 points in a decision. So that's, that's showing you that he can definitely control a fight. And we like to see that on DraftKings, right? Yeah. I mean, that combined with the value is just too much to pass up. Are you going to have any Rivas? Yeah. He's probably going to be a fade. Um, if anything, it would be like the one or two share. It, it's kind of, it's kind of like the Tanya Avenger. <laughs> the one or two lineups I think <laughs> I wouldn't quite compare him to that, no, but uh, Rivas plus four forty nine inside the distance, Canones plus one fifty four. I mean, yeah. Rivas, I think he can win. I just, I, it's so hard to invest in him in this spot that I, I'll probably fade him as well. The only reason I thought that Rivas would be the favorite is because he was an undefeated fighter, and I, I know the Vegas tends to lean on the undefeated guys over somebody that has some losses. So um, let's, uh, let's move on to the next fight where we see Aniyaya uh, favorite versus Enrique Briones. Uh, Yaya is the 8.9 K favorite on DraftKings minus 200 favorite. Brett just said that he, uh, he got a little bit more juice on that. Uh, and Briones is at 7.3, a plus 160 underdog or so. Um yeah, it looks like Yaya opened up pretty big in the beginning of the week, and then um, a lot of money's come down on Briones. It looks like Brett said that, uh, yeah, he's, Yaya is seeing a little bit more action uh, as the week's going on. Um, striker versus grappler, Brett, um, which way are we headed in this one? Because I've got – I'm scratching my head, and, and, and I, I like – I know that Briones is going to be way better on the feet, but Yaya has been improving a little bit on the feet but it's an interesting fight for DraftKings that's for sure yeah this is another one of my favorite fights to target I think Briones is going to be one of the most popular underdogs which I I also think he's not very good as a fighter I just don't think he's I just don't think he's that talented um he's pretty tough and he has decent boxing that's pretty much it so if he's going to be over 30 percent owned which I think is likely that scares me, but at the same time, I understand it because Yaya, he's not terrible on the feet. I just think Briones is better over three rounds. And 
the big issue is that Yaya tends to gas. And in his last fight, he gassed real hard after like one round. And if he does that, he's, he's absolutely screwed. So I think the, the, it's a narrative, but I think the narrative that Yaya, you know, gases and Briones takes over and potentially gets the finish is too strong to avoid Briones even at ownership. I don't know. I'm probably not going to take a stand on him. Maybe I'll have about the, the weight of the field. Um, but I think that people are going to overlook Yaya on the flip side. And I mean, he's, he's a, he's a absolute world-class submission grappler. It was only, you know, a few fights ago, he submitted Matthew Lopez, like he, who's much bet, much better than Briones. Um, and we obviously want grapplers. And, you know, the odds back uh, Yaya up plus 174 inside the distance. So I, I think it's – I think if you're fading Yaya completely, I just think that's crazy. Yeah. He has a – if he wins, I think probably the most likely outcome is that he takes Brionis down early and submits him. Um, that's what he does in all of his fights. I mean, when he's win, when he wins, that's what he does. And, and he definitely, he, and he can win grappling based decisions, but I just don't know if Brionis is good enough to, to withstand the, the grappling. Um, if the majority of exchanges take place on the ground, I mean, he's no Joe Soto. Uh, so yeah, I, I will definitely have, I will have moderate exposure to both sides of this fight for various, for Yaya, the upside, uh, potentially overlooked a bit and Briones because he's, you know, he's a clear live dog at this point. So, um, yeah, is that how you're, you're looking at it? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a GPP fight in, in, in a nutshell, right? I mean, this is, this is strike. And the thing is Briones does have output on the feet. So that's what interests me in him. And I think, like you said, a lot of people are going to be on him, but I love Yaya to maybe potentially get it done in the first. I, I, I think he's far superior. Um, the, gas, I think... the gassing scares me to death because of the uh, being in Mexico. It, it scares me a lot. Yeah, I absolutely would not play Yaya in cash. I think Briones is okay at his price. He's one of the cheapest fighters on the car. He's there's only three fighters cheaper than him, so I think he's fine. Um, he's essentially a he's he's a value punt. Uh, I don't think you have to force him in though by any means. No, for sure. I think um, I think we've hit enough on this bout. Uh, Let's move on to the next one where we see Dustin Ortiz versus Hector Sandoval. Uh, Dustin Ortiz, 8.8K on DraftKings, a minus 230 favorite. Hector Sandoval, 7.4K, plus 190 underdog. Uh, Hector Sandoval from Mexico, Kid Alex, um, kind of impressing and coming out of nowhere in his last couple. Um, are we going to go with the hometown boy or, or the grizzled veteran in Dustin Ortiz? Cause this is going to be a scrap, I think. And, um, you know, we, I, as a rule of thumb, I always like to target these flyweight fights because it's just, there's a lot of action in them. And, um, it's really interesting because you get new blood versus old here. Yeah. And I, I always target Dustin Ortiz fights too. I, I've, he has, he's kind of burned me, but, um, I always like Dustin Ortiz. If he wins, it's grappling based. So 
you know what you're getting from him. I think Sandoval is going to be one of the more popular underdogs, though, because Ortiz has lost two of his last six fights. And, and I was talking with people on Twitter today, um, and someone mentioned, you know, Ortiz doesn't even win, like, the fights that, you know, he should. We can't trust him. But, like, looking at who he lost to, I mean, so he's coming off a loss over Brandon Moreno, where he pretty much dominated the first five minutes of that fight and then got head kicked and choked out. He looked good, and, and obviously Brandon Moreno's in the main event now, fighting for a number one contender spot. He lost to Juicier Formiga, elite fighter. He lost to Wilson Hayes, got taken down nine times, elite fighter. He lost to Joe Benavidez, elite fighter. So, like, I think we're going a bit overboard by saying, you know, he, we can't trust him because he's he, he has wins over Ray Borg and Justin Scoggins. Uh, he, he's a very good fighter, grappler especially, and he, you know, almost always lands four takedowns unless he's just fighting a much better fighter. So I think more than likely he lands four takedowns, um, gets a handful of strikes and uh, potentially passes. And I, I don't know if he quite has a 100-point upside, but I'm willing to take chances on Ortiz because Sandoval is – not the best technically he's kind of like a like he'll rush at you like he'll just fly into a double leg and and it's you know it, it worked against freddie serrano didn't have the gas to keep up with him it worked against matt schnell uh wilson hayes took him down three times though in a minute and submitted him i think ortiz is the better wrestler technically i think Sandoval is maybe a bit more dangerous overall. He's this is a, he's scrappy. I don't know, you know, I don't know how else to describe him. Scrappy guy. Um, I do think that the winner of this fight is, is going to be grappling based. So um, it's another fight that I'm willing to target. Another fight I do have interest in on both sides. Ortiz is, is even though he he beats fighters he should and he you know essentially loses the fighters he shouldn't. He's almost always in close fights. And so I don't know if either guy is going to dominate this fight regardless. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know if Sandoval's at his level technically. And I think people, I think that might be where people are just overlooking him. He, he's, he's not an elite wrestler by any means. He's just a, 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 a tough kid, really. Yeah, there's been a lot of recency bias. I think on Sandoval and yeah. we've been seeing it throughout a couple of weeks here where a lot of guys are getting overrated, but um, I, I look at Ortiz as a gatekeeper, but in this certain matchup, I think that he's well-polished way beyond what Sandoval is. And I agree. It's going to be like a four takedown control, maybe advance, get, uh, get a lot of significant strikes probably, but I do like uh, Ortiz in this particular matchup. Now let's go for the featured one on the prelims, the FS1 prelims. Uh, really bizarre matchup for a Mexico card. Uh, we see Jack Hermanson versus Brad Scott. Um, Hermanson, a 9.1 on DraftKings, a minus 255 favorite versus Bradley Scott's 7.1K salary, a plus 215 uh, underdog. Um, I'm seeing a lot of love for uh, Hermanson late here. Um, got to go with my Swedish boy. Um, <laughs> I really, I, I really think that, uh, it was surprising that he took it to the ground last fight. And that was, that was something good to see, especially for DraftKings, Right. And then he was able to just, um, finish him off on the ground. Um, 
but Scott's storable here. So uh, is there uh, is there a potential for an upset here? Uh, and if so, is it just one-sided? What do you think? I mean, there's potential. Scott's not bad, but he just – it's so hard for him to, like, ever dominate a fight, like, unless he just, like, catches you or, or, or squeaks out a decision. So he's not the most active guy. I don't really have much interest in him. I do think Hermanson's going to be one of the most popular fighters on the card. Seems like a, an obvious spot for him to win. Um, he's also high priced. Uh, he's coming off a quick finish. Everyone loved that. And I'm a little concerned that he doesn't pay off his price. You know, people are like, oh, he's, take him down and dominate. But like, he, he's a he's really a boxer. Um, strikes at a high rate. It's great to see him wrestle, but Scott is not a bad grappler. Um, I just think Hermanson's a little bit better everywhere. Just moves better, throws more volume faster um there's a definite possibility that hermanson finishes this fight but i think he has to finish the fight to pay off i don't think he's going to be landing five takedowns and he's right in the middle of uh martin bravo and jordan rinaldi i expect him to be popular and i i'm going to be i'm going to take an underweight stand on him because i i just i want there are so many guys who are grappling based in high-paced fights I don't necessarily see this fight as the highest paced. Maybe Hermanson wants it to be, but Scott is almost never in high paced fights. So um, worst case scenario, Herman, uh, Hermanson wins by finish. I mean, it's not, it's completely within reason. I just think there are better pivots at his price range. Um, but I, I really have no problem with playing him. Yeah, I, I think that the output's there on the feet, and that's the good thing that we like to see. I mean, it's going to score us a lot of points. Um, but the thing is, is if he can slow down the fight, then we would be concerned about it. Um, I do think he finishes. Vegas sort of does, uh, plus 160 um, inside. Um, I I think he's a really solid play, and maybe he may be ranked number one for me up there towards the top. Um, I'm not – I, I'm still yet to really decide, but I really like his floor. Would you agree that he's got a good floor? Or are you still concerned about the, the uh, slowing it down? Because it, it, it re- I understand that it really could go two different ways, right? It really could be a rangy battle where it's just uh, tick for tack. They're going back and forth. But Hermanson should dictate the pace, correct? So wouldn't you rather have him? I mean, that's the way I... Yeah, I mean, yes, I think he has a a relatively high floor, but I don't know that it's relatively that much higher than anyone else because I think he's more likely to be in a slow-paced fight and he's less likely to grapple. So I'd be more willing to play him in cash games than tournaments. That's Um, my lean. Again, I think he's probably going to be 35-plus percent owns he's he's kind of an in an obvious spot to win um there's nothing wrong with him i just i yeah. prefer the pivots around him in tournaments yeah i mean it's a let's just both agree that it's a bizarre matchup for a mexican card i mean two yes it uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was scratching my head when i saw it um but definitely uh a lot of hermanson for me and that's not a bias because i'm swedish brett i promise you <laughs> i didn't know you were swedish i thought you were from boston uh, that's okay. Uh, we'll just move on. <laughs> Let's go to the FS1 main card where we see uh, Alejandro Perez versus Andre Sukunta. Got it. Nailed it. Um, both 8.1K. 
Perez a slight favorite minus 125 to Sukunkas plus 105. Um, these guys were kind of feisty at weigh-ins today. The face-offs, rather. I mean, not weigh-ins. Um, I, I think this could be really uh, – I think you were leaning that it wasn't going to be uh, much into this one, but um, I'm really interested in this belt. Uh, any lean for you on this one? Uh, this is one of the harder ones for me to read. I, I think, I think Sukumta showed, uh, you know, more technical striking than I've seen from Perez in Sukumta's debut. I think he's a better striker. He doesn't fight at high-paced fights. There, uh, he doesn't fight in high-paced fights either. He, he's generally a counter-striker, generally not the highest output, doesn't want to take the fight to the ground, fairly decent takedown defense. So he likes to pick his moments. And Perez is kind of like – Perez is just another, he's a hard guy for me to read. I, you know, he has some grappling, he has some striking. He's not super dangerous. Yeah. He, he has a bit of cardio. He's tough. Like, I, I don't know. So I, I think Sukumta is the better striker. And I think if the fight plays out on the feet, which I expect it to, I think he's, I, I have to favor him. However, I'm really concerned that he didn't, he just got to Mexico. Perez, Perez or Sukumta? Sukumta. And yeah. Perez has been there for a while. And I think there's a really good chance Sukumta gasses and Perez takes over late and maybe squeaks out a decision. I just don't think this fight is likely to, to have a ton of grappling exchanges or finish. So I, I'm not going to have high exposure to it. Yeah, and that's just, that's what I was going to hit on too. Um, he uh, Sukunta did not go down uh, and acclimate to the weather down there. Perez has been at altitude for a while. Um, I do think that Perez is uh, a little bit more polished. Um, definitely, probably going to be better on the ground. Um, I believe the combinations on the feet. He throws combinations, which is good to see, and um, he's got leg kicks. I I, I think that. That, that's kind of the key to it, though, Brad, is the leg kicks may just keep the distance, and then there might not be a lot of output from the fight. So I happen to agree with your take that it, it, it may be a slower-paced bout. Let's move on. <laughs> Easy enough. Let's, yeah. uh, let's move on to another ugly one. Oh, man, it, it just does get uglier and uglier. But, yeah, it, it really does. But uh, smiling Sam Alvey versus Rashad Evans. Um Alvi comes in at 8.4K, a minus 140 favorite. Shot Evans uh, comes in at 7.8K, a plus 120 underdog. Oh, yikes. We don't like Sam Alvi fights very much for DraftKings, do we? Well, a lot of people do, and I've been, I've been calling this for a long time because Alvi won by knockout in, like, almost all of his first fights, and everyone was like, oh, I'll, I'll, Sam Alvi, Sam Alvi. If he doesn't win by knockout, he's not doing anything. So if you think he's going to win by knockout, you play him some. And if, if you think any other possibility happens, you, you don't. Um, the, the, what's frustrating is I, I can see him winning by knockout here against Evans, who's a bit chinny, aging, declining, whatever you want to call it. So I, I think for his price, I think a bit of exposure to Sam Alvey is probably the right play, a small amount. But I think if this fight like gets to the second round, Alvy's not paying off value. Evans, zero way to trust him, but Alvy doesn't do like anything. So all Evans has to do is just out, you know, land a little bit more, 
potentially get a takedown or two. And I think he can very easily win the fight. So I think Evans is a real live dog and I, I want a bit of exposure to him too. It's just, I, I, there's zero way for me to trust either side of it, but there's merit on both sides. So a small amount of exposure to me on each and I'm not calling it with that. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised by the line to be so much in Alvi's favor, because I believe that this is one of those matchups where they're hoping that uh, sugar Rasad can uh, actually get something together here, whether it be um, taking him down and controlling him or it, man, he didn't really look that bad on the feet last fight. I mean, what do you think? He didn't look bad at all. It was just, you know, then he looked tentative. It, yeah, it, he did. He looked pretty tentative. He doesn't. He doesn't throw much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's an interesting bout. I think Evans is definitely going to have ownership because of name value. Would you agree with that? I think both guys will be in the twenty-ish range. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I think Alvy can get the knockout, but I don't think it's at a high percent. I personally, I don't believe it's going to be too high. Um, what do we say? Move, move on to the next one. Um, let's go yeah. to Martin Bravo, uh, 9.2K, minus 330 favorite versus Umberto Bandene. Bandene, no? Bandene, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 7.7K uh, uh, plus 270 underdog. Um, late replacement for um, Gritzmeyer, I believe. Binday and uh, Bravo is a big favorite here. Is it just one play or what do you think? I actually like both sides of this fight. I think this is going to be Bravo is, is regardless of anything else, he's aggressive. I thought he was going, I thought he was like a Sheldon Westcott type, like an aggressive wrestler only, but he just did that same thing with striking in this debut. Um, I do think he's better as a grappler though. He's just not, he's not super technical anywhere. But he's very aggressive, puts up that pace, and he's good enough. He's tough enough that it's hard for people to keep up with. Um, so I think, again, I think he's another pivot to uh, what's his face, Hermanson. Like, Bravo might get like seven, eight takedowns, like, because he's not great. He's not going to hold the guy down. Well, maybe he will, but um, I just think he's more likely to, to gather up points throughout a decision and potentially finish um, than a guy like Hermanson. And I don't think Bravo is going to be super popular. So I definitely like him. I also like Bandonet a little bit. Uh, You're crazy. It's so it's impossible to judge him. I watched like eight of his, of his fights on the Peruvian regional scene. And like, he's not bad. He has some skill. I think he hits, a, I think he hits a lot harder than Bravo does. And he has, some semblance of a gra- of a grappling game look at this you know all you have to say is fade martin bravo like it's not like this fight is a lock right martin bravo loses this fight no one would be shocked just because of the odds um i think bannon is in play i don't think anyone's going to be on him um he's dirt cheap obviously it's not a high exposure play but i think there's a i think there's a, a reasonable enough chance that he like hurts Bravo with a counter or something like that. He has decent offensive wrestling. I think he could land a couple of takedowns. I don't know how he would win exactly, but I think he can get the job done enough of a percent chance that based on his ownership, I will have some exposure to Bandone and I, I will, I will have heavier exposure to Bravo. I still think he's the preferred play. It's kind of hard to fit him, 
but I do like him as a pivot uh, at the high at the high end. Yeah, I will probably have a lot of Bravo. Uh, I just think that he's going to be able to be more aggressive. And um, they hadn't they had an interesting stare down. They just both held their hands out. So I'm hoping that they just stand and trade because that means good potential for points um, in a knockout, potentially a finish uh, in a fast paced bout. Um, let's move on to the next one where we see Alan Joban versus Nico Price. Uh, another kind of head scratcher why it's on this card, but um, Joban 8.7K uh, minus 165 favorite versus Price's plus 145, uh, 7.5K on DraftKings. I'm seeing a lot of love for uh, Nico Price here. Um, potentially could get a knockout on Joban, but man, I'm on the veteran here. I really kind of think that he can uh just keep it on the feet and keep distance and be able to um steal some rounds that's that's my take on it but uh are you on the price train no and it's a bit odd that a lot of people are i don't like i'm not sure what they're seeing besides the fact that price has finished two fights and joe band just got knocked out i think really the the not the only way, but the, the, the most, most likely chance is price just catches Joe Bannon and puts him out. But at the same time, price is not a very good striker. If you watch his last fight against Alex Morono, who's not a great striker, Morono was lighting him up for two rounds, knocked him down multiple times. Price didn't really do much of anything until the very last second of the second round, knocked him out cold as the, the round ended. Um, if Morono can do that to Price, Joban is coming off a, a, a stand-up victory over Mike Perry. Joban is far more technical than Price. I think even more dangerous. Maybe he has a worse chin, but uh, I think he's a better striker. Maybe he gets taken down a couple times by Price, but he's a, a, a high enough level grappler. He survived Gunnar Nelson in Mount. Yes, he got submitted, but it was after he was essentially unconscious already. Um, I think I think Juban is the clear favorite here. I am worried about his chin enough that I will target Price a little bit. I just I won't have that much exposure because I think Price is going to be popular. I think Juban can probably win it. You know, most likely Juban should win the fight, and uh, I just don't know if I want a ton of him either. I think this fight probably goes to decision, which may be a hot take, but I just I want grapple heavy guys, and I don't see that in this fight. Definitely don't think it's a hot take. Personally, I think the same thing. And uh, I think people think that Price is going to just be a world beater, go out there and take him out. But it, it's not that easy. Joe Bian's a veteran. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with everything you say. And I think the Price is going to be, uh, you know, people are going to play, play him a lot more. Um, it seems like there's a lot of these dogs that a lot of people like. And, and I, I hope that it doesn't come down to, you know, it's, you know, one guy over another. It could be two or three guys that score around the same range. So um, it's an interesting card for sure. Um, I, I like Joe Ban though. I, I think he's just a veteran and yeah, by decision for me. And I'm, I'm concerned about the output though. It sounds like you are too. I'm, I'm concerned about the, the points. I'm not concerned about the output necessarily. I'm just concerned that Joe Ban wins a striking based decision and scores 75 points. So it's like, it's fine. Maybe he gets a finish. I just don't, I mean, he's probably got to get the knockout. Yeah. Or, that's what I meant. I so think. okay. Well, yeah, it's good to clarify. He probably has to get a knockout to pay off. His odds are good enough that it's definitely within reason, but I just like 
other plays more. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about we move on to the lonely, just one uh, woman fight on this card, but could Let's have some action in it. Let's go and see uh, Randa Marcos versus Alexa Grasso. Grasso comes in as the favorite, 8.3K on DraftKings, minus 160 favorite versus Marcos is 7.9K, plus 140 underdog. Kind of seems like I wouldn't compare it to the last fight, but like the veteran is getting some love here. I mean, I see a lot of people liking Marcos, but I, I just don't see where she can win the fight. I think that Grasso is going to be able to keep it on the feet, and she's got huge output on the feet. Are you interested in Grasso as much as I am? Um, no, I'm not. I don't think she's likely to land many takedowns. And she Grasso? has a plus, right. Okay. And I think and she has a plus 425 line to win inside the distance. So I think we're basing the entirety of her score on significant strikes. And she does land at a high rate. I'll give you that. Uh, 4.83. She's priced low enough that if she gets 110 significant strikes, she could be on the winning lineup. I think this fight will be close enough that she'll get held against the cage, maybe get put on her back for a little bit. I don't know if she quite reaches the significant strike number that she needs. I, I think it's, I don't think it's a too risky fade. Like what's the worst case scenario? Brasso scores 80 90 points like she's not gonna kill you if you don't have high exposure to her i don't think i'm gonna have high high exposure to her um i do like marcos a little bit only because i think she has to get the fight to the ground and uh, maybe she maybe she lands three four ugly takedowns um it's a winnable fight for her pretty much that she's a live dog but i think she probably gets tagged up probably loses a decision um so I, I don't, I, I don't love this fight. It's, it's interesting because we rarely do uh, not agree on something. I, 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 I do think that Grasso just, uh, Marcos is very, very, very hittable. So that's the main thing. I mean, it's, it all comes down to who's scoring the fight metric, right? Who's scoring all these significant strikes, but I, I don't think it's out of the picture that Grasso finishes Marcos and that's just a personal hot take. I, I think it is a hot take because Marco's never been uh, finished by a knockout, but I do know that her face has been messed up many, many fights, Brett. I mean, do you agree? She looks messy sometimes. And someone, you know, we just saw Dina Cormier get knocked out. Uh, Are you comparing on. Alexa Grasso to John Jones? Yes, I am. Same, same <laughs> length. No, I'm just but uh... I, 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 do, I do think her price is, is – cheap enough i think she's cash playable personally i really think that she's got merit line value and your your concern there could be knockdowns that's the other thing i, I think we're i forgot to say is there there could definitely be knockdowns and those are going to be scoring huge for us yeah but i think you can say that about any striking base fight i'm just looking at her odds to win inside the distance and and they're bad they're one of the worst on the entire card so yeah she could definitely she could definitely finish the fight am i going to predict Predict that? No, I don't. I don't think it's a likely outcome. Um, you could I'm be bold. right. It, it could bold. play out in your favor. I, I might have some exposure to her in my mid-range GPP lineups that I like to make. Mm -hmm. Overall, I don't love this fight though. That's 
that's no problem. We can agree to disagree. <laughs> Let's hit up the uh, main event where we see McLovin. I've been waiting to say McLovin. Brandon Moreno, it's not really his nickname, uh, versus Sergio Pettis. Uh, Moreno comes in at 8.5K, uh, uh, minus 170 favorite versus Pettis is plus 150, a 7.7K on DraftKings. Um, are you decided on this yet? Um, I'm swinging back and forth on it. It's a <laughs> tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I, I'm leaning toward Moreno. I'm leaning toward Moreno because I don't think Pettis can stop the wrestling early in this fight. He really hasn't fought any good wrestlers, and he's been taken down a ton. He, he's just not physical enough to to stop takedowns. He's okay offensively. He, he has some good transitions. Moreno's going to pick him up and slam him. I'm fairly confident of that early. I also think Moreno early can keep up with Pettis on the feet because Moreno has a lot more power and Pettis tends to get hurt. Um, I, I would still slightly favor Pettis. And I think as the rounds progress, Pettis will have more and more of an advantage on the feet to the point where he will have a very significant advantage in the latter rounds. And I think that it could play out where Moreno dominates the fight early. Pettis dominates the fight late and wins a decision, but Pettis isn't going to be getting a ton of takedowns. Moreno has a, let me pull it up for you. Moreno's odds to win inside the distance plus 125, which is one of the best on the card. Pettis plus 436 even worse than uh, Grasso. So Moreno has the high upside in terms of finishing. He has the high upside in terms of uh, takedowns, passes. He's a, he's a projected favorite. There will be high ownership on Pettis. Um, I think there are plenty of reasons to play Moreno, more reasons than there are to play Pettis. But I can't ignore the fact that Pettis is a crisp striker, more technical than Moreno probably better cardio. And I think a decision win for him is very much in play. So I will have exposure to Pettis. I just, I am leaning Moreno right now. I'm leaning Moreno as well. Um, I think a lot of people are looking into his last bout where Ortiz, Dustin Ortiz was winning the first round and then he was able to pull it off in the second. I think people are looking into that a little uh, too much because Pettis probably won't be engaging towards the ground, right? He shouldn't. Uh, He's just not a path of victory that, he's going to be having. Um, but yeah, I, I also think the elevation comes into this particular one. What do you think? Um, Pettis was is really just getting there now. And Reno's been there, I think, you know, weeks and weeks, maybe a month. I still think Pettis is going to have the better cardio though. Moreno, like just on the, everything he does is with power on the feet. He throws so hard. Like I don't, I, I honestly don't know if he can even keep it up for five rounds. Pettis not dangerous at all, but he can pop, 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 pop you. Um, I think he'll be fine. And I, I, I do, I have more concern about Moreno. Maybe it'll be evened out a little bit because of the, the difference in elevation when they came. Um, I regardless, especially because of the grappling upside and, and finishing upside, I think, yeah, I, I just have to lean Moreno. Yeah. I would definitely suggest getting premium and seeing his official pick because I'm still on the fence on this fight as well. Um, definitely going to be a fun card here. Any last words? Um, tread lightly. I would say, yeah, t- <laughs> tread lightly. You know, so we'll see you guys in a month. So enjoy this card. Uh, uh, 
target grapplers, target high-paced fights. I think specifically target a lot of the prelims are, are good ones. Yeah, ownerships are going to be pretty spread out, and those 8.1Ks are going to be pretty important, I think, to this card. and going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to some weeks off, i got to be honest. Um, but uh, that's, that's about all we have for this one. Um, definitely, if we don't win any money, we certainly hope that you guys are winning. So we'll see you next time. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 US only.